Welcome to Alter Your Comics Presents. I'm Alex. I'm Laura. And I'm Jared. And this week we're going to get deadly. Or at least we're going to talk about deadly things or death things or deadly deathful deaths. Because it's Halloween. Because it's the Halloween ish month. Close enough. Um, so next week we may do. I liked your idea of what we talked about off mic of trick or treat comics or parts. Did you warn Jared? Not yet. No, okay. this is a surprise. Surprise, Jared. <laughs> trick or treat. Boo! That's a trick. <laughs> uh, so this, so back to deaths. <laughs> um, we were talking about dying things and deadly things. So let's go with some either our famous de- some famous deaths that you remember, the best deaths, biggest deaths, deadly deathful deaths. Uh, who would like to go first? Um, I'll go first. I'll get the big one out of the way. The death of Superman. Uh, it came in Superman 75 back in the 90s, and it was done very well in the way they did the comics themselves Uh, four issues before that issue came out there were four panels per page the third issue from that issue had three panels then two panels and then uh the death of superman actually had full page one panel spreads of the death of superman um he was killed by a character uh spoilers uh doomsday i guess we should say yes um, for this whole episode for deaths spoiler alert yes if you don't know yeah, this, oh well. this one's, what, coming up on 30 years old, probably? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. We did try to pick some pretty old ones, so get with it, people. Stuff that deaths that are at least, well, I guess mine's like only a few years old, about three years, but at least over a year old is what yes. we're all with. There we go. But, uh, yeah, he was killed by a character called Doomsday, who was basically, at the time, he was slated as a character who was from almost like an intergalactic insane asylum because he was just pure rage and nothing could stop him and he was put in this suit and basically ejected into space and lands on earth and once he finally comes to he uh picks a fight with the uh, justice league international and basically just destroys them um he sees a wrestling match on a television that was from metropolis and decides he wants to go pick a fight with hulk hogan i guess <laughs> i don't know <laughs> because why not if yeah why not wrestling, those are, that's fighting let's go with <laughs> it that. worked yes. for spider-man so he starts heading towards metropolis and him and superman throw down and he ends up killing superman so and, and then they unkilled him yes very quickly afterwards yes he they slated it as what he didn't actually die he went into uh severe hibernation to heal himself a or, kryptonian healing sleep yeah (laughs) so basically what i want to say with this is the best thing that came out of that whole thing was uh, a few years ago max landis did a youtube video explaining the death and return of superman Uh, it is hard r uh, just be warned there's a lot of language to it um but it is the best characterization of that and uh, it's pretty accurate it's highly accurate and and amusing it is very amusing. It's it's a good video. But yeah, definitely rated R and yeah. But it seemed they did pretty accurate of yeah. history and everything. <laughs> very. Uh I'll go next with my uh big death. Uh, the first one I'm going to go with is the Genosian um I'm calling it the Mutant Massacre. I don't know what the official historic historical name of it is, but uh it was in 2000 back in 2001. New New X Men issues one one fourteen through one sixteen was the story arc, where all mutants or a huge amount of mutants are living on an island called Genosha, where it's a mutant sanctuary. You can come out and live peacefully, I guess, until some bad stuff happens. 
where they introduced a brand new character that took over like Sentinels and like made them go crazy. The new person was uh, Cassandra Nova, which will end up being Xavier's sort of twin sister in utero that died and went to the Shadowlands, sort of. Like, I don't know. It's a weird thing. Like, she was never really born, but she, she still existed. So yeah. she's the undead. Mm, not quite, no. <laughs> she, I tried. She is a mutant, like, apparently, but she's some like weird race that they. Like she ended up living as like a slime in the su- in the sewers before she could make a body and everything. It's very weird. Is that what made the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Uh, not quite. No. Okay. But slime I, not ooze. Okay. But I do want to admit that it was this was written by Grant Morrison, so it's gonna oh. be out there on story arc of stuff. But for the longest time, everything since then, they've always mentioned like, hey, careful if you get a whole bunch of mutants together, uh, Genosha, because we all we lost a huge chunk of mutants with that i believe that was when emma frost first got her new uh turning into diamond mode also was in that it was her body's second mutation so she's not only telepathic but she can turn into a solid diamond apparently that's how she survived but yeah it was a huge thing for the x-men they've been talking about it since um really that that was the biggest thing that happened to x-men right before house of m and all that stuff that was the biggest impact on mutants as a whole in the marvel universe I feel, was that in one of the movies, too? Don't, the massacre, I don't think it was. I think it was hinted towards, and like, Genosha was hinted towards and alluded to in the original X-Men movies, but I don't think they ever went to the full massacre level with that. I think I'm thinking of the treaty where they had the problem, some some big battle and a whole bunch of death happened. Something like that, yeah. I'll ask you later, uh, sorry. It's a movie, those are movies I haven't seen in a while. But, but yeah, the whole Genosha itself was not, has not been in movies or anything yet. Who knows, now that Disney owns Fox, we might, see, and Fox owns X-Men and everything, we might see that on the screen at some point. Who knows? That's a great way to put an erase button. Like, all right, delete and just get rid of everybody. Next. <laughs> Hard reboot. Hard reboot with the death. Uh, Laura, what's on your list? The first one I think that I should start with, and obviously probably people know, I'm going to be hard on spider-man because that's just how life is for me so the first person in spider-man's life who died and well no that's a bad way to say it so sorry people but anyway so uncle ben obviously was one of the most pivotal deaths in spider-man's life not the first one because his parents i would say it's the first spider-man death versus peter parker's death were his parents Ah, so that's the loophole that you can get away with yes loophole but anyway, so back in August of 1962, an Amazing Fantasy number 15 was the first and last appearance of Uncle Ben a living. Right, other but than flashbacks. Lots of flashbacks, lots and lots. And, and multiverses lots and, lots and of flashbacks. Clone. And I think everybody probably already knows that the deal that happened, Spider-Man went to become a wrestler. He went to find Hulk Hogan, not exactly, but um, <laughs> Bones off. No, that was in the movie. Right, it was Mon- some other which guy. Was which was Macho Man, yeah. yeah. Real life Macho Man Randy Savage was Bonesaw. Bonesaw's ready. I don't think they say who the wrestler is in this one. Yeah, it's going to take me too long to flip through this book that I got. But it's a wrestler. Yeah. It, it, it might not even be a real person at this point. It's hard yeah, to say. I don't know that it was ever a real person, but the wrestler might have had a name. I think he comes back at some other point, and I think there is a flash... Not really a flashback issue, but a, uh, the guy comes back and he's like, 
it was really great when I fought against Spider-Man and that was a pivotal moment in my life and it, it was one of the best fights I ever had and like he comes back and thanks Spider-Man and that was really cool. It was his best while it was Spider-Man's worst. Yeah. Well, no. Not necessarily his worst. But... Time of life, I should say that. Oh, time of life. I yeah. thought you meant fight in the no, ring. No, I was no. like, Spider-Man's been through worse fights than that. He's been beaten. <laughs> that wrestler has the name of Crusher. There we go, Crusher. Yeah, I should have known that. Yeah, so uh, Spider-Man goes and fights Crusher, and after the fact, he's trying to get paid by the, the bookie agent guy, and uh, I think it's just a random thief, steals something from the bookie and goes past Spider-Man, and Spider-Man thinks about stopping him and decides not to. He's like, well, it's not my business, I'm not going to get into it. I forget if in this one, I should have reread this, you know that? If he actually did not get paid by the guy, because I know at some point they said, well, we can't write a check to Spider-Man, we need to know your secret identity. And he's like, no, that's the whole I'm not going to do that. So he might have been slighted by the guy, and that's why he's like, why should I bother to stop your your mugger? So we let the, the, the thief go, and then he goes home and finds out that there's been... Uh, a break-in at his aunt and uncle's house where he's staying with Uncle Ben and Aunt May. And he tracks down the killer and finds out it was the same thief he could have stopped. So that was a long way to say the story everyone already knows about Uncle Uncle Ben's death. So un- Uncle Ben is definitely, really, he's the only one in Marvel I can think of that has truly stayed dead. Yep, they didn't feel a need to bring him back. I don't even think I mean, there have been clones. I'd say Gwen's been cloned at least several yeah. times. But I don't. I can't remember any of any Uncle Ben clones. Yeah, I think he's only been multiversed. I think he's come back that way a little bit. Someday he'll come back. Just wait. I, I kind of hope not. I mean, eventually Marvel will get desperate. They'll bring him back. It's what they do. Everyone, ever since okay, so backtracking back to Jared's. <laughs> ever since they brought Superman back from death, death means nothing in comic books. So everything will be retconned. Everything will be changed. There is no permanent anymore. They'll bring back Ben at some point, somewhere or another. They did do a quick tease of it when uh, Peter Parker died with the beginning of Superior Octopus or Superior Spider-Man, where like Peter walked into the light and like walked into Ben's arms, sort of thing, which was cool to see a, a modern Ben, I guess, even though he's still dead. <laughs> but we did see him then. Yeah, modern reminds me uh, another little tidbit off Wiki when I glanced at this quick. They said Uncle Ben was modeled after Ben Franklin. Huh? I thought that was kind of an interesting tidbit. Not Ben's rice. Dang it. No. Nope. Maybe the rice isn't made after Uncle Ben from the comics, though. This could be going down a rabbit hole. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Instead of that rabbit hole, let's see what's your next <laughs> on your list, Jared. Uh, the next on my list was uh, uh, Donna Troy, the original Wonder Girl. Um, it was in Titans uh, Young Justice Graduation Day. Uh, they're basically with the outsiders trying uh, visiting this company who wants to bankroll them and use it as a huge tax write-off. And uh, they turn them down. They go out and start doing their thing, and they are attacked by a robot Superman, which Superman, I don't remember the story of how the Superman robots were around. I think it was Superman was off-world and left the robots to help protect Earth. And he deactivated them because they were a little unstable, but one of them got loose and went on a killing spree. The first thing uh, he did was uh, snap Omen's neck, who was a Titans character. They, Titans go through characters. They kill them off pretty easily. They're like red shirts. They're yeah, all, they're pretty all, much. Die <laughs> Except for your main, you know, Nightwing and right. Robin, whatever. <laughs> but uh, 
she they start battling this cyborg or this robot Superman, not cyborg Superman. That's a different character, and they weaken it, but uh, it's still a robot Superman. It's still beating the crap out of the Titans. And Donna Troy leaps forward and starts to punch it on the ground and everything. And next thing you know, there's heat vision and right through her chest. Kills her instantly. Uh, I think that pretty well took out the cyborg Superman at the same time. But, uh, yeah, they... uh, And, again, with the Superman bringing him back, they brought her back very quickly. I don't remember what the time frame was, but... Almost too fast. Yeah, I don't even think she was dead for a full year. (laughs) So... But yeah, I always thought that death was really good. The way it was, the way it was written, some of the wording. You know, they talked about how she was a warrior, and how warriors don't fall back from a battle; they run towards it, and that's what initially, you know, killed her. So, but it was really well written and really well drawn. That was one of my favorites. Uh, next one up for me is the death of Steve Rogers slash Captain America. That was 2006, I think. Something like that. It was 2006, 2007-ish. Yeah. Um, it was right at the end of Civil War, uh, Captain America number 25, where Steve has officially surrendered with the Superhero Registration Act at the end of Civil War. He's like, all right, fine, I'm done fighting. Time to turn us over, turn it in. He was walking up the stairs to his courthouse up here, I believe, and he gets shot. He gets uh, sniped out by crossbones, which, of course, he couldn't even c- complete the kill. So, luckily, for, well, luckily for Bones crossbones, or, or and crossbones. crossbones and I want to say Red Skull, I think no, it was Artem Zola had brainwashed um, Sharon Carter that she got the final shots on him and killed him. She basically unloaded a pistol into his gut. Right, like, oh, he's bleeding out, but he's still safe enough, and then blam, blam, blam. Yeah. Still dead. Yeah, it was pretty harsh. So, I mean, that was was huge when that first came out. Like, I remember seeing news stuff about, like, everywhere, like, oh, it's the death of Captain America, you know, one of the biggest heroes of of all time. He's, He's dead, he got murdered, everything. Of course, we find out later that, oh, he wasn't actually dead, he was put his... I forget how it was, but it was like some weird his consciousness in, in a new multiverse yeah. or, or some sort of pocket dimension or something. It was he had to get his almost like his ghost, his spirit was in that dimension, and he had to get his way back to Earth. Uh, it was a load of garbage, is what it was. Yeah, it really was. <laughs> it, it was some pretty weak yeah. stuff. But at least while he was dead, Tony was trying to find a replacement. Like, oh, we still need Captain America, even though Steve's dead. Trying to find a replacement, and they found Bucky. And Bucky's like, yeah, I'll be Captain America, but I'm not going to be a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. I'm not going to be a lackey. I'm not going to sign up for anything. I'm doing it the way Steve wanted it, the way Cap wanted it, and that's what he did. Yeah, and Tony agreed to it, and that was a really good run. Oh, Bucky's Cap run was, was excellent. probably my favorite Captain America run of all time. It's up there. And Yeah. Like, I hate to say it, but like he's my favorite Captain America because he, it's the redemption story that I love yeah. with Marvel and that they do. So, I mean, he was... A hero that got brainwashed to be a villain. There's Winter Soldier. There's I mean, Winter Soldier. The Winter Soldier was one of the best stories out there. And right. then they just, they ran with it when they did him as Captain America. Well, and that was shortly after the Winter Soldier storyline anyway. So, like, it was, yeah. he was still brand new to actually having his own memories and his own identity. Um, one of my favorite moments of him was when they were still doing the underground before his, they were allowed to have their hidden identities again. He was with the Avengers and they're talking like, well... 
the consequences of time travel. Like, well, if you can go back and kill Hitler, would you? And Bucky's sitting on the side, cleaning his gun. He's like, I killed Hitler. Everybody stopped, looked at him. What? He's like, <laughs> I killed Hitler. Anyway, moving on. Like, <laughs> yeah. There's an awkward sound. It's like, wait, you, you did that? <laughs> I like how, how cocky Bucky was with it, too. You know, there were some times, I think it was in Secret Invasion, where he had a... Uh, Thor came back and he looks at him and says, "You're not Captain America." <laughs> Bucky's just like, "Weren't you dead?" Yeah. You know, <laughs> just just shoots right back at him. <laughs> Speaking of famous deaths, <laughs> Thor. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I, I like how he updated the costume for Bucky. How he had his shield and the gun. He's like, "No, I'm. Why not have a gun? Why He's not?" He's an assassin. Give him a gun. <laughs> and the gun that they gave him actually was the same gun that they discovered that Hitler killed himself with. So that's how they tied it in of saying he's the one that killed Hitler because it's the same gun. Oh. Which is a fun little deep dive <laughs> with that. But the death of Captain America led into all this, led into that. Um, it was the ending finale of Civil War, which is pretty monumental. Um, what's next on the next, after that one? What's next for you, Laura? Um, I was going to go on basically chronological for Spider-Man to Gwen Stacy. I figured that's a very pivotal big death in his runs. She first appeared in Amazing Spider-Man 31 in 1965, and they actually took almost 10 years to kill her off in Amazing Spider-Man 121 and 122, and it was the Green Goblin, I think everyone probably knows this story too, about how he threw her off the bridge, and there's some debate. I like to believe that the Green Goblin actually killed her first, but they say that when Spider-Man tried to save her, he shot his webbing, and there is a very large snap in the panel. I have that one. I remember Mark said that he thought that that was the shortest amount of time those comics stayed in the store. Like, he call, he, he announced that they had them, and I went and bought them immediately and read them. And he's like, I'm kind of sad to see these leave, but I know they're going to a good place. But anyway, so saw that panel. Know it says snap when Spider-Man webs her. And the theory is that that snapped her neck, and that's when she died. So Spider-Man always blames himself, thinking, I killed her because I stopped her too fast. I believe the original intent was that, yeah, Goblin killed her and then just threw her body off the ledge. And then they've since retconned that into Peter's one that killed her by catching her too fast. Yeah, but I mean, she was about to hit the pavement. She wasn't... Yeah, I was a damned if you, you do, know, damned if you don't. Yeah. yeah, at least he had a chance by trying that. I mean... Yeah, it's... Best intentions, and yeah, like you said, he wasn't out of anything by trying. Exactly. I know you said we're not really doing movies, but I want to say in the movie, it was definitely they blamed Spider-Man because, oh, yeah, her yeah. head oh, yeah, hit was, the ground. Yeah, she was still flailing and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, in the movie, they definitely 100% like, nope, there's no doubt, he killed her. And I still remember in the movie, too. It, or he failed to save her, I should say, sorry. Yeah, he, oh, sorry, me. In, in the movie, I found it interesting because I'd read the comics and I had a different, a different Gwen was in my head compared to what you saw on the silver screen. So I'm like in tears and everyone else is like, meh. And I'm like, if only you had my feelings. Like, <laughs> this is not the Gwen that Spider-Man loved. This is not the right character. You don't know what this means. Like, they didn't do it right in the movie. Yeah. But in the comic book, it was heart-wrenching. Yeah, in the movie, there was no... I mean, they'd known each other for a year. Like a year, yeah. Maybe two. Like yeah, nothing, puppy love. Yeah, not a real relationship at all. Yeah. It's hard to capture that full depth within a movie versus True. Yeah. comic books. Yeah, yeah, when you got almost 10 years, that helps a little bit. 
All right, Jared, what's the last one on your list? Okay, the last one on my list was one of not a DC or Marvel. It's from Why the Last Man, um, Agent 355. In the comics, we never find out her real name. She's always just 355. Um, she was the one that was tasked to keep Yorick Brown, the last man on Earth, alive. Well, and the last man on Earth. Yeah. And uh, they were basically crossing the country to get to labs to try to figure out what caused the... I don't remember if, what they exactly call it, but whatever killed off all the male species. Let's just say the plague. The yeah, plague, yeah. the plague. Yeah. Disease. And uh, they have so many adventures and really bond, and you could tell throughout the story that they were really falling for each other, even though he had a girlfriend at the time, but she was off in Australia, so they really bonded and everything. But uh, it was the second-to-last issue, issue 58, where... Uh, Agent 355 tells Yorick she loves him and he loves her back and everything. And uh, it's off. They don't say, they don't put it in panels, but she tells him her name and everything. And one of the foreign characters that is out to get Yorick because he's the last male, they want, you know, they basically want to have control over him. Uh, she shoots. Uh, 355 in the head from a sniper from far away so it was pretty crazy how they did it because they you hear this little crack and yorick looks and there's a, a hole a tiny hole in the window looks back to 355 and she's got the red dot on her head that's bleeding and she topples over and it was just heartbreaking when when it happened i couldn't believe it when i read it yeah it was definitely like of the two characters of the entire book what them like they just ripped your heart out like oh oh yeah done yeah and 355 she was just such a she was one of my favorite characters in that book period yeah she was good and strong and like no nonsense yep keeping with the trend of brian k vaughn writing uh my next one my final one will be from saga issue number 42 where it's hazel's friend curdy and their whole race of like beings i I don't they're kind of like otters but not uh, and the whole planet, uh, what is it? The people of Fang, I think so. I think Fang is the planet where they all die. But it's not just them dying. It's them choosing to stay behind on their planet, which they know is getting sucked in by a black hole. Everyone's telling them, like, hey, black hole is going to get you. We can get, we're about to leave. We can take you. You don't have to die senselessly or whatever. Come with us. And like, nope, our God will save us. And Hazel's best friend, uh, Curdy, is like, on that fence like should i go with you guys should i stay with the family you know what should i do they end up staying behind and sure enough the black hole swallows them all entirely whole um but for me like they had that little there's a couple issues leading up to that that was building the relationship with them and then that all hits but as the black hole is taking over the planet like the pages like you see it shrinking with more and more black then like last three pages are all solid black pages of nothing. So it's like each time you turn the page, like, oh, nothing. Oh, more nothing. Still nothing. Oh, you're hoping maybe you'll see that someone left or anything. No, it's just pure nothingness that they get sucked in. And like, well, I remember when I was reading that issue, I was like, I am not ready for this at all. I remember you talking about that. Yeah. It (laughs) it was just, it was brutal to see the constant, like, just listen to them. They have, you know, they have proof of everything. You're going to die. 
like, nope, we're staying. We can pretend that, like, their god was on the other side of the black hole. That's not the story that they were telling, though. <laughs> but, yeah, for I me, that one... I my own stories. That one is always, like, for me, the most emotional death that I've read. Like, ooh. I, and it just came out of nowhere. I was not expecting it. I was like, oh, yeah, they'll leave. Someone will leave. Well, at least the one will leave. No. United Otters Front. So, Laura, what's your final big death for the week for the week <laughs> i'm not gonna have any more i don't think um i like to talk about baby may in the real spider-man universe although it's a big controversy when she really died like she's kind of an enigma of a death because in it was amazing spider-man 418 was when mary jane went into labor and she either had a stillborn birth that that's exactly when baby may died but there's a bunch of uh implications that one of the nurses that was in the room took a baby like the baby i guess i should say and delivered well showed her to norman osborne and norman osborne said oh well i'll pay your way and i'll do this and i'll do that and kind of made it sound like this woman was kidnapping the baby to raise it on her own to do whatever nefarious things norman osborne wants to do that week you know he's always got a plan and in later issues this was also during like the clone saga so there was a bunch of conspiracy that, oh, if, if Baby May had lived, that Spider-Man and Mary Jane, that set, were going to just leave and become normal people, and one of the clones would take over being the real Spider-Man, and yada yada. And later on, Norman tells Spider-Man that he did kill the baby, but do we actually believe it? I don't know. And then I think in that same issue, Aunt May comes back from the dead again. And so, I, I don't remember which issue that was, but I won't worry about it either. But what I really love about the potential death of Baby May is that it opened the gates for the Marvel 2 universe back in the 90s. I should have looked this up too. You're <laughs> Theme the expert, of Laura. You're the expert on Spider-Man, not me. <laughs> I used to be. I've forgotten more Spider-Man knowledge than most people ever knew. But More than I ever knew. <laughs> I will at least say that. But yeah, I love in the What If comics that inspired the Marvel 2 universe that Baby made. They're like, what if she hadn't died? What if she lived to this point? And they tell her from high school on until whenever they canceled the series. And I love all those comics. They're very well written. I think it's Pat Oleaf and Peter David and Ron Friends. That sounds about right for the, the writers and artists on that run and Spider-Girl. It's amazing. It's the original one and only true Spider-Girl. For me, at least, yeah. Yeah, I get really mad when other people are Spider-Girl. Well, Especially Spider Gwen. Gwen and Spider-Girl. Spider yeah, and Aranya and the, like, 17 other Spider-Girls. Like, there's so many. And that was before the multiverse crap, too. <laughs> there were already a dozen Spider-Girls. So that's, uh, if you ever want to pick a fight with Laura, don't call... Or call Gwen Spider-Girl. <laughs> yeah, because I don't think she was ever called Spider-Girl at all, was she? Wasn't she always a Spider-Woman? I, I want to say Spider-Woman in her own universe, but I don't know for sure. I don't follow Spider-Gwen that well. Me neither. I should. But So those are our big deaths Actually, for the week. I've got one honorable one mention. Honorable mention yeah, one honorable mention. One that kind of popped in my head earlier was Green Lantern. Hal Jordan, when he was Parallax. Uh, he basically slaughtered the entire Green Lantern Corps and everything like that and took all their rings and everything. But uh, he, they had a slight redemption arc for him when, I don't remember what the story arc was anymore, um, but uh, the sun went out on Earth and everyone was freezing and he went up and restarted the sun. 
pretty much, and that kind of killed him. But uh, I that one popped in my head earlier. Great. God, that would have been a good one for today. Great but I, I don't have to kill. yeah, I don't have the information and what issue or where it was or anything. You know, we have but. to save something for next Halloween. Yeah. Well, that's true. Yeah, yeah that's a whole yeah. other year away. We'll so. pick that one for next year. Or as if we're going to prepare a year ahead. Yeah. I can't even do a week at a time. Yeah. <laughs> who knows what we'll be doing the next month? So we'll figure it out, though. Yeah, I don't even know what I'm doing tomorrow. Sleep. <laughs> A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that uh, is our picks of the week for deaths, our top deaths of the week. Best Happy or memorable. They're spooky. But with that, we will move on to our comic books of the week. Uh, specifically, honorable, honorable mentions first. Oh, spicing it up. Well, I think it's what we did last time with honorable mentions and then our main picks. Can I have two honorable mentions? Sure, because sure. I'll tell you what, I'll give you mine because I don't really have any honorable mentions this week. So. Okay. Well, um, Alex's honorable mention will be Batman. <laughs> I did read Batman and I enjoyed it. Batman 101 specifically. Yes. It's the... Or 1000... Uh, 101. 101. It is yep. 101. Okay. Yep. Um, it's the uh, aftermath of the Joker War. And it's basically down now that Alfred's gone, he has no one available. Jim Gordon's not the commissioner anymore. Um... He's basically by himself. He doesn't have his money anymore. Yeah. He doesn't have his fortune. Right. So he does find out that um, Wayne Enterprises owns a brownstone in, in Gotham City. So he's moving out of the mansion and moving in to the city because he's saying Joker's right. You know, and it, there are some really good moments with Catwoman talking about the basically aftermath and what's going to happen here on out. It was a really good issue that I think is going to set up the future of Batman and what's ha- going to happen with the Batman universe. Well, and the relationship with that he'll have with Catwoman. Like, all right, we yeah. can't. I, you know, I always had a Robin. She's like, well, I could be sort of like Robin. And he's like, come on. No. <laughs> he didn't do that to Robin, <laughs> yes. supposedly. So he's like, so they're taking a one-year break. Now, I don't know what that means exactly. Like, Is uh, DC planning something for one year from now? Who knows? I so. know they're going to be doing a Batman Catwoman series soon. Will that take place after this? Who knows? Or is it going to be all flashbacks? I don't know. Yeah, I got the impression that, I forget if it was Catwoman who said she had things to, like, sort out, and she just estimated that it was going to take her a year. I know that that's still DC planning it, but yeah. well, her she, reasoning she, was... She made a lot of people mad during the Joker <laughs> War. <laughs> she Did stole she from them. Well, and... She stole all the criminals' money, so she's yeah. like, all right, I need to uh, settle that down a little, get the heat off me a little bit before we go forward with this. Which, I didn't catch it during the time, but it's... With this issue, this is a bit of a spoiler, unless it happened before and I missed it. But uh, she gave all the money to Lucius Fox. That already happened. Okay, I I yeah. must have missed that somewhere. In, yeah, I think during that Joker was the War. previous. Because I read issue. this, I'm like, oh, that's cool. You know. Uh, this week's Catwoman was issue number twenty six. Twenty six. So I think that was issue like twenty four or twenty five. Okay, I think I missed that. Yeah, she. Uh, it was also when she picked up Luke Fox from the airport and told him what was going on with everything. Oh, yeah. I believe yeah. it was that same, that okay. one issue that yeah. covered all that. Yep, because she used the Penguin and Riddler to break into that bank yep. to steal the money back. So And then double-crossed Penguin and Riddler. And, so, and gave all the money to Luke yeah. or Lucius at that point. Yeah, so she's made a lot of enemies, so she's got to deal with that. So that's being set up for later and everything like that. So, so And she's... that's happening in Catwoman 26 this week, too, the big shakeup. 
So mm, if you want to cool. learn more about how the penguins like, I gotta get oh, back at her. Man, I knew I should have picked that one up. <laughs> oh, I, I you did. Okay. I was going to, and I'm like, ah, I'm gonna put this back for now because I've got enough to read and everything. Ah, I wish I would have. It's more of the collateral damage. If you yeah. text me tomorrow, remind me. I can pull it for you if we still okay. have any. Yeah. Yep. You have to. You have to remind me though. Yeah, we'll see if I remember. So that was my honorable mention, Jared. <laughs> what's your other? What's your honorable mention? Okay, then? my honorable mention, which uh, I haven't read the whole thing yet. But the art is really good. It was Dune House Atreides. And it's basically somewhat of the Dune story arc and everything. It's uh, on Arrakis. It has the giant sandworms. It has the spice, the blue eyes. It has all of it. It's a really good story. The art is fantastic. This is one I think you should pick up. Um, I'm really ready. To, I'm going to finish this one once I get home today. But uh, it's it's good so far. If you're a fan of the Dune books, then yeah. this is definitely right up your alleyway. Yeah, and with the with the Dune movie coming out soon, what, next year, allegedly? They had a trailer out that looked really good. We'll see how COVID in theaters are. That yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, this this could be, it's done by Boom Studios, uh, written by Brian Herbert, so it's really good so far. Yeah, I read it too, and it was a lot of, you know, character development and a lot of names and a lot of planets, so get ready to be introduced to the whole i want to say world but it's like universe too multiple yeah. planets so. it is very wordy yeah and since i haven't read the whole thing yet i don't know if this is just an adaptation of the movies or uh, the original books or if this is like a side story or a story within the book um, i haven't gotten that far into the detail of it but uh, i've really liked it so far yeah i i haven't read or i don't know anything about the dune universe to say one or the other if it's how it's tied in I feel so bad because I watched two of these movies, but I do not remember a single thing that happened other than the spice, some worms. At the <laughs> end of one of the movies, the one with Sting in it, I remember a really weird fight and like flying fat spaceman getting thrown somewhere and it was kind of hilarious and gross and weird. And that's all I remember. But I remember it being a big deal, like Dune, everyone talks about Dune. So I, I want to get into it. And this does seem like a good jumping on point. Yeah, it is. Um, the other thing I would recommend is the Dune audiobooks. Those are really well done. Um, I really enjoyed those. And I listened to those last year, and that's why I'm a little more up to date on them. <laughs> <laughs> and one other thing. I think they said that it's like the brother of the author of the books who wrote this comic. Oh. And so he's got insight from the original author, too. Oh, that's so cool. I thought that was good. All right, Laura, what is your honorable mention for the week? I I almost don't want to mention this one. I, I almost want to make a new category as like a dishonorable mention almost. Like it, uh, every once in a while there's a book that even though I didn't like it, it just stuck with me. And it's like, I know I'm still going to be thinking about this book later. Like, oh, shoot, what was the name of that one? It's been weeks ago now and you still have a stack of them. And I was like, we should come back to that and I should talk about it then. It stuck so well in my head. I remember... <laughs> um, some I remember what I felt, but I don't remember the name of the book. But regardless, uh, I guess my dishonorable mention is Scumbag Number 1. I was really... It looks like they could go into this story and it could be fascinating. But it is gritty. It is rated Super RX. like R. Yeah. It is disgusting. There's so much happening. But I liked... Let's see how I wrote I, I this. I liked the last like two pages of it. I yeah, am that, curious about it. That that yeah, that's really what hooked me too. But the character, his name is Ernie Ray Clementine. He's chasing a fix when he encounters a leprechaun and a Medusa. 
aka Father Time and Scorpionis, I think was a the superhero lady. and supervillain fighting in the alleyway, and he's high on who knows what everything. And then, oh, they were fighting over a formula called the Formula Maxima, and as they're fighting, they drop the needle for this formula so he finds it and he's like oh thanks you crazy apparitions i would like to say he was chasing his own needle yeah like, he stumbled he dropped it and was like crawling around on the ground with his pants around his ankles because he just pooped in the middle of the road because <laughs> he's so high and... well the bathroom was broken too Maybe. At, at least it's, no he was there... high the entire time it's hard to say what, what's oh. real and what's not from his perspective there was a sign on the bathroom <laughs> that said you couldn't get in yeah <laughs> But, yeah. So, yeah, he's trying to get his high, and, oh, here's the needle. This must be it, and just shoots it right in. Yeah, and hopefully this isn't too much spoilers. I guess the needle was full of nanobots that make the central authority characters visible to him. Because, uh, I forget if Father Time or, yeah, I think Father Time, or they were trying to deliver this needle to some other character... Yeah, I think that yeah. was the main goal. He was supposed to u- either use it or deliver it to someone else. Yeah. And then that person was supposed to save New York City from a bomb. And so the Central Authority character who can be, like, I assume she runs the place, or I didn't catch her name. But she is trying to tell Ernie, okay, you're what we got, so I need you to do this for me because no one else can see me, no one else can hear me, like... I need your help to save New York. And he's like, what's in it for me? I want this, 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 this. Yeah. They're like, all right, fine. So if they have the nanobots in them, they can see who? I don't know what this lady's name was. I don't think we it's have It's a central command sort here. of thing. Yeah. It's just a so, weird... So no one else is going to be able to see it unless they have the nanobots in them? Well, I mean, they are real so people, so they have basically to... Basically, it's right. going to be, if he's saying that's one of them, and he's going to look high... Or crazy. Mm, or yeah. crazy. <laughs> I mean, at this day and age, so. oh, he must have a Bluetooth. I mean, people are going to be talking. This is a great time for people, crazy people to be talking to themselves. Like, oh, they must be on the phone. I just can't see it. And just go with that. I need a Bluetooth. Or just act <laughs> like you have one. And that's good enough. Yeah, that's true. All right. So those are our honorable slash dishonorable mentions for the week. Uh, we'll move next to our picks of the week. I'll start it off. I'll let you guys decide who wants to go next after me. Have fun fighting that one. But I'll start off with... Batman the White Knight Presents Harley Quinn number one. This is the sequel to the sequel of Batman the White Knight. So they had the White Knight and then Curse of the White Knight. Now the White Knight Presents Harley Quinn. Uh, Harley got pregnant in the last series uh, with Joker and that she gave birth to twins. And Bruce in the Curse of the White Knight turned himself in after fighting Azrael. Spoiler, I guess. Sorry. And now Harley trying to pick up her life together with, okay, Joker's dead. Bruce is in jail. She has nobody left other than these two kids, and she doesn't know how to take care of them or anything. And it follows her being a single mom without any real job or income, trying to raise some kids. This is just the first issue. I thoroughly enjoyed it, though. I enjoyed the Curse of the White Knight and the White Knight itself. Uh, If you like those, you should definitely check out some more of the same stuff. And I'm interest, interested to see how the twins will trade out, will turn out. I'm hoping that they'll be in this book, maybe. I'm thinking one twin will be the Joker's kid, the other one will be Jack Napier's kid. Just a fun play on yeah, that. That would be kind of fun, yeah. With a split personality sort of thing, and go from there. So in the flashback, though, and I don't think I read one of... I don't think I read uh, Curse of the White Knight. Um, is Robin dead? 
did Joker kill him in this? Because it's a flashback, and it's, he's got a, a razor to Robin's throat who's tied to a chair. So... But it doesn't actually show him, like, slitting their throat or anything. Or I, I think it is alluding to a lot of the death in the family. Okay. But I don't know it's exactly the same. Because the final issue of Batman Curse of the White Knight, it shows Bruce in jail talking to someone. Uh, he was a man that was in the military, armed service. Last name was Todd. And in the shadows, it shows Batman and Robin in the background. So my guess is something like that did happen. And then Jason Todd, instead of joint, staying with the family in Gotham or being Red Hood or anything, he went off to the military. Mm. So that probably happened still, but in a different way. I don't know. Yeah, if you need the Curse of the White Knight, we've got them upstairs so we can... I just read them all on Monday. Give them to you oh, on okay. your way out. Yeah, I wouldn't mind borrowing those. So yeah, uh, Harley Quinn, number one, is my pick of the week. Who wants to go next for their pick of the week? I'll let Laura go. Okay. I feel like I should pick Spider-Man. <laughs> so um, he is fighting with the Order of the Web because they've been overcome by sin and kind of turned into demons. And that's what you do when you turn into a demon is you try to kill Spider-Man. And I also, I, I laughed. I shouldn't laugh. But I loved all the scenes with Norman Osborn talking to Dr. Kafka. And he's all wrapped up in his green blankie with his coffee. And he's like shuddering because that's how they try to portray all people who've been through a trauma. Like they have to wrap them in a weird blanket and give them a hot drink. And then they have to confess all their sins. And just... Thinking of Norman Osborn trying to pretend to be this weak little puppy thing was hilarious to me. But Dr. Kafka did call him out on it a couple times, and she's like, um, I know you're just buying time. Like, would you get to the point so we can take care of whatever you're trying to say needs to be done? And in the end, he's saying that we need to still stop Kindred slash, wait, do we, let's is not, spoiler? Let's not give that away yet. Okay. It's still pretty fresh. Okay. Yeah, Norman's saying... I know we need to get to Kindred. We need to find somebody who will get through to him. I would give my life if I was that person. It's like, would you, Norman? Would, would you, you really? I think you've had plenty of chances for this, and you'd unscrewed up. But, yeah, it was just, it, it was a good one. And, yeah, there's another spoiler at the end. Definitely read the very last page. Obviously, like, who doesn't read the last page of their comics? But then you'll have an idea of who's going to come and help them bring Kindred back to reality. There is a return of a surprise character. We'll I, don't, I don't know if people were really surprised. Yeah. I was like, I don't know who it is. Oh, yep, there, uh, there they are. Yeah, it is what it is. So, Jared, what's your pick of the week? My pick of the night week was uh, Nightwing number 75. It's uh, another Joker War aftermath. Uh, Dick Grayson has his memory back fully, and uh, this is kind of going through a week worth of uh, him meeting up with old allies and everything like that. It starts out on a Monday, and he's meeting with a couple of the Titans, Donna Troy and uh, Tempest, who is was Aqualad back in the day, back in the original Teen Titans. And they're basically trying to make sure he's okay, making sure his memory's back, jogging his memory, telling him how happy he was at one time. Um, on the next day, Tuesday, it goes to um, uh, Moscow, where... They get the character KG Beast, who is drinking at a bar and is basically, you know, being laughed at for not being the one or not killing Nightwing when he, I mean, he's the one who shot him in the head. He did assassinate Nightwing. He for just a time. didn't kill the body. He didn't finish the job. Yeah. So, um, 
on Wednesday, he teams up with Batgirl, and she's telling him, and he's got his costume from when he wasn't Dick Grayson in Nightwing, he was, but he was still running yeah. around helping people. When he was Rick. Yeah, when he was Rick Grayson. So they're all like, why are you wearing that? And why aren't you wearing your Nightwing suit? And he's just like, I'm not ready. It doesn't feel right. It's, you know, it's he doesn't even know if he wants to do that anymore. So it's just going to the day by day. And next day it goes back to the KG Beast. And then it goes uh, Friday. It's uh, him and Batman teaming up. And basically they're having their normal argument slash agreements and stuff like that. And just goes forward from there. And the I don't want to give too much away, but uh, we'll stop there. Stuff we'll stop there. We'll yes, stuff, stuff happens. happens. And yeah. I'm really excited for the next issue because I think you're going to see Dick Grayson show why he is one of the best. Maybe he'll return to the old costume. What the, the, the Nightwing costume. The Nightwing costume. Yeah. Sorry. I was, my mind went straight to the old Robin with the ah. with the panties and stuff like that. <laughs> or the old Nightwing one where it's like the frilly chest pirate part. And... Yeah, he could do that and get his mullet back. Yeah, yeah, be fine. Yeah. Bring it back. <laughs> hey, we're in an apocalypse. Let the mullets go. Yeah. Sure. Cut his own hair. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that's what I do. That's what I do, too. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Mine's pretty easy to do by myself, so... So those are our picks of the week. Uh, we will end the show like we normally do with how Jared usually forgets what happens oh, or what's going on. <laughs> there it is. It crossed my mind a couple times. Today. Where it will be our heroes of the week, comic book or otherwise. Okay. I'll let you guys both buy time. I, or I don't know if you're ready or not, Laura, but I know I am. So I'll let you guys buy time. I'm going to cheat and say it's going to be two people. It's going to be my in-laws that came downtown. They came into town today. They helped. Uh, they delivered some bookshelves and they trimmed our trees in our backyard and kept Laura entertained all day while I was at work. Mm-hmm. Helped me yell at the cat because it kept going under the car and I'm like, you do not go under cars. And then she snuck inside the house and everything. But She didn't even have to sneak. We yeah. left the door wide open because we carried in the bookshelves. <laughs> so yeah, that'll be my hero of the week. It would be heroes. It would be my in-laws for helping out and bringing us stuff and going from there. Nice. I thought about saying that, but I was like, I've already mentioned my parents once a piece other times. So this like, time, I, I this time like I'll mention your parents for you. Well, you did it for you. Well, yeah. That makes me feel less crappy that I was going to... Do you need more time, Jared? Or you yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about mentioning Harley Quinn because I, I got a kick out of one particular panel in Harley this week where she was hugging on her hyenas and she goes, these are my babies. The kids are upstairs, but these are my babies. <laughs> well, that's pretty good. These are, they'll always be my babies. Yeah. And I... I don't know, I always, Harley was one of the first strong female characters I saw as a child. I know a lot of people are like, Harley is a terrible role model, blah, blah, blah. But she's she grown. still was there. So yeah. I can't help but always remember her from my childhood and be like, oh, she she may be a villain, but she was always kind of trying to redeem herself. She had good qualities if you searched for them. Yeah. Hi, right, Jared. We bought you as much time as we're going to. Okay, we're just going to go... With, um, Uncle Ben. Dick Grayson. <laughs> we'll go with Alfred. Alfred. Alfred Pennyworth. That's a good one. Uh, he was one that raised every member of the Bat family, or, well, except for, like, Barbara Gordon, obviously, but, uh, all the Robins and Batman himself. So he has a, such a strong influence in all of their lives that even after their deaths, uh, after his death, 
several oh that's another death we could have done today but uh next uh, year yeah next year uh he's still mentioned so frequently in the batman universe joker war he was like front and center in that and just his influence on he really didn't do a whole lot of hero work he helped out a lot he did you know he would superheroed up when it came to it but uh he's the man in the chair exactly the man in the chair. And I forget, was it this week's Nightwing or the previous issue where uh, Dick was talking to Alfred, like, at his graveside? It's like, this one. And, like, crying, like, yeah. like showing how much, like, I screwed up. I should have said thank yeah. you or given you sort of any knowledge about others treat you like a stranger. It's, yeah. Like, that was another one. Like, man, they just keep going to that well oh, and yeah. it still hurts every time. Yep. And it, throughout this issue, it's Dick Grayson is talking to somebody, but they don't show who until that's until that scene spoiler alert yeah but uh it's you know him talking to alfred's grave but it's almost like he's hearing alfred answer back right and it was really well written i think that's just stuck with me and how much alfred meant to the batman family yeah dick needed some of those drugs what was it punchline put in batman when batman was tripping oh, out and yeah. he oh, yeah. was talking yeah. to alfred he didn't need it yep. he already had it on his own so but good. it uh, amplified it. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> if it wouldn't be high the entire time, I guess. But or my other choice would be Batman for coming up with batteries. <laughs> that, that would still that would yeah, be the, that'd be the line of the year. Yeah, that's the line. Of the I year. think that'll be the line of the year, definitely. So with that, we'll say thanks for listening. Uh, thanks for sharing because I know you're going to share this podcast, people that are listening, hopefully, and reviewing and subscribing, all that fun stuff. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. TikTok, we still haven't done one in a little while, so I need to get on Mark about that, maybe tomorrow. So You said that last week. Yeah, I know. I say lots of things. We have an hour recording of it proving that I say lots of things. <laughs> uh, so yeah, thanks for listening, everybody, and we will see you next time.